Ethics Podcast. I'm Matthew Westfox, one of our hosts. Joining me on the line is Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? Uh, not so bad. I'll be doing even better if I can find this dog and collect my $300 reward. <laughs> so, so we were joking before, Paul, you have become a pet bounty hunter. Is that what's going on? That is correct. I have uh, relocated to Las Vegas temporarily, and I have been um, uh, retained to find a, a dog named Lucy. Okay. Who uh, is lost in this area? So I, I may, spun, you know, uh, immediately have to go at some point. <laughs> Sounds if good. I well, we find we'll, a small brown dog. We we will both hope for your good luck and uh, hope for your attention and um uh hope for uh, continued success. Um, so today today we're talking about a topic that um I know a lot of folks have been um discussing on social media in various forms, and it's a topic that has a lot of its roots in social media, in um, uh, superhero stories, and we're certainly going to be referencing superhero stories. But I want to kind of say from the outfit, this is a little different than some of our other episodes, because this week we're really talking about more of just a, uh, like a, an ethical issue in our world today. Um, we're talking about punching Nazis, and um, is it okay to punch a Nazi? Um, which, I mean, you know, when I think about that, the first thing I always think about is Captain America and the iconic pictures of him punching Hitler. Um, but also there's an extent to which Almost all the superhero stories that we talk about are, to some degree, vigilante stories. And when we're talking about punching Nazis, to some extent, we're talking about an act of vigilantism. Um, so I think it's a it's a topical idea, and certainly it's one that's connected. And I'm sure we're going to be bringing up a lot of stuff from superhero stuff uh, as we go. So, but let me just start here, Paul, with a simple question: Is it okay to punch a Nazi? I mean, sure. How about it? You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think the. You know, there's there's obviously some some uh, nuance that we'll get into, and um, you know, I I mostly say like, you know, why are you punching a Nazi? Yeah. You know, um, and I guess we'll get into like, <laughs> what do you mean by a Nazi? Yep. You know, I mean, did you just watch, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark? You're like, oh, punching Nazis looks fun. You know, or y- you know, are, are you? Yeah, I, I, I got to say, just as an aside, but I was thinking about this uh, going into this podcast. Like, I, I love the Indiana Jones movies, but one reason I think that uh, there's a lot of reasons why the Crystal Skull is just nowhere near as good as those first three first three <laughs> Indiana Jones movies. But one reason is I think like Indiana Jones punching Nazis just feels great. Indiana right, Jones right. Punch, punching Russian communists. It's just like it's just not as satisfying. They just like like the the bad guys of the first three Indiana Jones movies are Nazis and crazy cult members who want to enslave little children and pull their hearts out of their bodies. Yeah. And, and then yeah. we get Russians and it's just like I I'm just not as worked up watching him punch Russians. Yeah. Although lately Okay, well yes, that's also true. But anyway, that's an aside. Um but yeah, well yeah. I, I, and I I want to kind of make clear also as we're going forward you know, first of all, this podcast is not trying to tell you what to do. Please, nobody sue us if anyone listens to this podcast and goes out and punches Nazis. We're not telling you to it do be it. Great for ratings. <laughs> well, but, okay, know. that's also true. We can podcast in jail. Let's see what happens. By the way, this whole thing was, was Matthew's idea. The whole, you know, so I'd like to give him all the credit for superhero ethics. Thank, thank you for that. I appreciate all yeah. of that, my friend. Um, if the police, well, well, remember, the police have come to your house already, not mine. So. Yeah, I know. So, so you're up next. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but, but the, the point the, that... the point being here, oh. I, I, I think we're, I want to make clear, it's not that this is about encouraging folks whatever to do, but it's that, and I, Paul, I want to hear your thoughts on this. For me, 
I have read lots of great memes about, you know, why it, you know, it's fun, you know, the that video of someone punching Richard Spencer and how great that was <laughs> from the perspective. And I've heard a lot of people say that they want to punch Nazis, but I haven't heard many people talk about why and why they feel like it's okay and why, like, you know, especially from, you know, people who would often be pretty anti-violence. Um, right. And, and I, I'm certainly someone who feels like, why you do th- – I think you were just saying this before as well – why you do th- things is really important and knowing why you do things. And, and for myself at least, I think – I do think it's okay to punch a Nazi and I think that really goes against a lot of the other things I believe. And so I really want to explore why that is and talk about why that is and talk about why it wouldn't be. Because um, I, th- I think there's something kind of dangerous about just saying, you know what, it feels good to punch a Nazi, so let's do what feels good. Yeah, I, I mean I agree. Um, although like – well, I'll get into punching people in the face later, um, <laughs> but but, but so I, I'll get into it now. Um, I like to punch people in the face, not like it's a thing I've done a lot in my life, but mm-hmm. there there is something very satisfying about hitting people. Now, I'll say that with you know throughout my life, I've never hit a person in anger, and I can really only think of one time that I hit a person that wasn't, um, you know, that it wasn't like in a Taekwondo class. And it's like, yeah, we're going to hit each other, you know? Right, yeah. when, and where if they hit me in the head, I'm like, oh, good shot, you know? When, when um, you're talking about punching people, you're talking about doing it primarily in a Taekwondo setting where there's a, there's a level of consent of, like, we are agreeing to try to punch each other. Exactly, exactly. So that's a big caveat, obviously. Um, but I will just say that it is, I have found it physically and emotionally satisfying. Yeah. Um, and and that's a thing that I think is uh, that that one needs to be careful about mm-hmm. thinking, you know, like when doing something that that's causing harm to someone else, like is enjoyable that, you know, you can like look deep or whatever into yourself. But you also just think like, OK, maybe I'll not do this for that reason, you right. know. Um, and then I just want to mention the, the one time that it wasn't in like a Taekwondo class or whatever was uh, our our good friend Adam who who um, who did a guest episode. Yes. When um, I think I need to quickly tell the sunburn story. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. So uh, Matthew was hosting a, a poker game at his house, and Adam Hulst and I were there, right? And um, we're all playing, and, and I had this terrible sunburn that I'd been sitting out in Central Park playing guitar all day, and it just got my forearms completely sunburned, and so he's like acting like he's about to touch my sunburn. I'm like, dude, don't touch my sunburn. And he's like, I'm going to touch your sunburn. I'm like, don't touch my sunburn. And, and then he keeps doing it. And I'm like, look, if you touch my sunburn, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> and then, and I said it two or three times. And then finally he touched my sunburn and I punched him in the face. But fortunately that was before I was all that good at punching. So, you know, <laughs> I was almost happily ever after. <laughs> we're still friends. He's hit me in the head in Taekwondo class. You know, we're, we're right. all good. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do think there are times when violence is called for, mm-hmm. and I think those are generally times when somebody else is um, advocating or threatening violence in a way that, you know, um, I mean, whether, whether you think it's okay to punch someone in the face because they're touching your sunburn or not, um, I think once, I mean, that is an act of physical aggression. Yeah. It's like, someone's like, don't touch me. And then you touch them, particularly if you know it's going to cause physical pain. It's like, that seems like, to me, that's a time when it's like, like I don't feel bad, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
I mean, if I'd really hurt him and injured him, I, I would feel bad. Yeah, but of course. I, you know, I, I do feel like if it's like, if you're like, no, don't touch me, and then someone touches you and you hit them, it's like, yeah, okay. Like, they shouldn't touch you. Like, you told them not to touch you. They don't have a right to, to do that. And obviously there's other circumstances that are much, you know, more yeah. important in that regard, you know. Um, well, and, and I think people not wanting to be touched. Th- there's two key points there that you're saying that I think are super important. Um, one, one of which is just, an, and we're going to get more into this when we talk about why we're okay with it in this moment. Um, the idea of self-defense. Like, I think that I, I took some fantastic courses on um, uh, Martin Luther King and his legacy when I was in seminary. Um, and one of the things that that really stuck with me was some of the some of the stuff that I learned about, like the differences between, you know. Uh, Nonviolence and pacifism, um, yeah. and, and that one of the things that was often talked about was that you know even King, you know even someone like like Martin Luther King, who we think like he was definitely advocating nonviolence as a way of protest, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a very important thing, but he was also not a pacifist, you know, he was also right. like part of what he wanted was for the United States government to send men with guns to force people to like allow, you know, children to go to schools in certain places or things like that. Like there was, it was just violence in a particular, the state sanctioned way that he was encouraging. Um, yeah. You know, and I, and I, specifically I, the federal state versus right. the, the violence of the state state. Exactly. And, and, but that's so much of essential to that message was the idea of like violence was being done already. And that, you know, and then you look at someone like Malcolm X's, uh, uh, writings and words at that time that it was very much about the importance of, of, of being able to use violence as a means of self-defense. And I think that's something we'll talk about definitely because, you know, certainly all the superhero stories, it's about, I mean, I, I, I love, like, the end of Doctor Strange when they, you know, he finds a nonviolent way to deal with it, but that's a pretty rare thing. I mean, clearly violence is a big part of these stories. Um, yeah, th- and he's still using force, by the way. He's not using oh, yeah, that's violence true. necessarily, but he's trapping somebody yeah. or this cre- whatever, you know, Dormammu, whatever the name of in this time loop, you know, I mean, that's, no, like, that's a good point. Yeah, that it that is a physical it is a, a kind of force. But but the other thing that I want to just touch on quickly before we get into some of the deeper th- questions that I think you mentioned that's so important is what you said about that it felt good to punch someone. And I, and I don't and I, yeah. I I think that's like, I'm not saying like hey, here's a great way to feel better about yourself, go punch someone. Right. No, no, no. I I'm saying I think that there's there's a danger there because I think yeah. in, in a way I I see it actually a little bit similar to some of the stuff I see on the internet where like yeah, when someone says something you think is stupid, posting some hilariously biting, cruel remark about how terrible a person they are feels good on some level. Like, mm-hmm. and I think a, a a physical punch or a mental, you know, attack, like both of them can be okay. By mental attack, I mean a post, not a psionic attack. Um, right, right, right. right. <laughs> given given uh, given our audience, <laughs> But but the point is, I think that I think it's one of the things that we have to be keeping in mind in these conversations is right now people feel very scared, they feel very frustrated, they feel very um, alone and under attack, and punching a Nazi and watching someone else punch a Nazi feels really good. And I don't, I don't, I think that that's a good thing to engage, and I think that some degree of allowing ourselves to have that good feeling is a good thing. But oh my God, is that dangerous to get too much? You know, like I, I and so yeah, that, I think that's one of the things I just want to lay. A good reason to continue that that direction, basically. Right, right. Um, and it yeah. totally. So, so let's go in a little bit deeper about this. So, for you, why? What makes it okay to punch a Nazi? 
Well, I mean, I would say that the the merits that I see, the upside. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Zack Snyder here for a little bit. Go for it, because <laughs> I know how big a fan you are. Um, <laughs> And I'd say we can probably agree that his least terrible movie, in fact, arguably a, a, a genuinely good movie, um, 300, yep. is it's kind of about punching Nazis. Yeah. You know, um, you know, full spoilers for 300 ahead. Um, you know, it's a movie about 300 uh, heavily bearded, chest-waxed um, Spartans who go to defend... Sparta, um, and I guess like kind of all of Greece, um, against the Persian army, right? Um, and which is like a hundred thousand people or something like that. Uh-huh. And the, the Persian army is led by, is he an emperor? Is, right? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's Xerxes. I, I think, I think the word Xerxes, is, yeah, Xerxes. emperor, I mean, it's, it's, it's the king. But like emperor god, that he's like, uh, right who's looked at as, like, basically, like, as, as a god. Sure. Um, and, at least in this story. Um, and so the whole premise is, like, you know, we're going to make him bleed, you know? Um, and, you know, and so they repel the army, and they all die, of course. Right. Um, you know, but, but they make him bleed. And I think, you know, the idea there is that, like, the symbolism of that is, that they're basically showing everyone, like, look, he's not a god, he's not untouchable, he's not immortal, he's just a person. Yep. You know, um, and we can make him bleed. And to me, some of the, you know, one merit of uh, Nazi putting, if you will, is that I think there is this aura of, like, you know, being kind of above like the actual, like whatever's going on in, in the world, you mm-hmm. know, like where when, you know, particularly when we're talking about, you know, not Nazi soldiers, right? It's right. like, yeah, you can shoot a Nazi soldier because they're trying to shoot other people. You know, it's like, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's war, war, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a whole different, whole different animal. <clears throat> but in terms of like today's neo-Nazis, you know, who call themselves the alt-right or whatever, um, you know, these are people who are advocating violence, who are advocating, you know, hateful ideas, and then being like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's, it's just free speech, which, which I mean, personally, I believe in as much as pretty much anybody, you yeah. know, free speech. But, uh, you know, some speech has consequences. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I think the law should be like, oh, no, you're not allowed to say that. But, like, when there are consequences, then it should be like, well, you are responsible for those consequences. And also, like, you know what? If you're going around saying things like, you know, that that are physically endangering other people, like, you know, if someone punches you in the face, like, okay. Yep. You know, and, and that kind of, I think, what? sort of also humanizes and kind of removes I know that, that kind of went off into a totally different mm-hmm. um, <laughs> sort of tangent but but the you know the main point being like you know don't let uh, don't let a Nazi have majesty you know, like, um, <laughs> do, do, do you want it for those people who don't play Vampire the Masquerade do you want to explain that reference 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so, so there's this, there's this role playing game, um, which is like a live action game and there's a tabletop game, um, where, you know, there's a bunch of vampires running around in the real world and nobody knows who they are and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but, you know, they have different powers. And one of the powers is presence, which is like the ability to project this, um, you know, aura of, um, power, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the highest level that, that, you know, characters can get without being like ridiculously super, super powerful. Um, is called Majesty, where basically people, other people, you know, humans, vampires, whatever, can't attack that person because they have this aura of, like, invincibility or whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I think, like, kind of breaking, not, not that, you know, say, Richard Spencer has that specific aura, but I think when somebody goes around... Um, you know, spouting their ideas and, and being, um, you know, saying these things. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I can't put a, find a more eloquent way of, of putting it after uh, being a little bit sleep deprived. <laughs> um, but, but basically going around holding forth on, on, you know, like who the superior people are. It's like, I think there is merit in being like, no, no, you're not superior. You're just a person. Yeah, you no, know. I, I, I definitely, I, 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 I hear where you're coming from with that, and I, I, I would mostly agree. I, I also think I, and I love the, the majesty reference because I think it's very applicable. I, I think I, I have a similar, not exactly the same feeling on it, but something kind of similar, which is that mm-hmm. p- part of what I see happening, and I actually would use a role-playing game here also as an example, is that there are a number of role-playing mm-hmm. games that I mean, you and I have played, other people I know have played, like may also in that vampire the, the the masquerade world there was a game called Mage the Ascension. It was all about being magic users, you know, mages in the modern mm-hmm. world. And and the way the game was written, it, it was a wonderful world, but the rules were very vague in some ways. And it meant that like the the way players and the storyteller interpreted the the rules could change the game a lot and it was very possible it was very possible for someone to abuse that it was very possible yeah. for someone to basically say <laughs> you know what the way these rules are set up i can completely screw over everybody else i can do things that are completely outside of the spirit of what's of sort of the, the unwritten rules that are supposed to be being followed and there's nothing you can do about it and, and yeah, i don't know what you're talking about i don't know who would ever do something uh, but Paul was a noted power gamer in high school. Um, I don't know what he's talking about. But <laughs> but, but the, the point being, not that I'm comparing you to, to Richard Spencer here. Right, yeah, thank you for but, clarifying that. I appreciate that. But but honestly, as crazy as this metaphor sounds, I feel like there, it, that that's kind of how I feel now. Because what I feel like is we currently live in a world where our political system is supposed to be governed by a lot of those unspoken rules like you're just not supposed to do certain things like you have free speech but you're not supposed to cross certain lines of what is acceptable Mm -hmm. speech in public and you're not supposed to do certain things and there's an extent to which it feels like nazis are standing up saying you stupid liberals you have all of these ideas about what is right and good and so we're going to use those to protect ourselves while we do horrible terrible things and you can't stop us because you're liberals and you're snowflakes and all that kind of stuff Mm. and and there's an extent to which in that regard i think like that's why like the punch means so much because it is a way of of kind of what you're saying of making the nazi bleed of saying you know what these people are not untouchable that it is that, and I that I I really want us to be able to find more nonviolent ways of fighting back against them, 
But to some extent, like just that first punch as a way of being like, you know what? We're not helpless. It's not just about they're using the system against us and we can't stop it. Like there are ways to stop it. And punching them is one of them. And hopefully there's a lot of other other good ones. But but at least, like you said, we're seeing them bleed. We're seeing that it's possible. Yeah, I, I think that's actually kind of a, a brilliant metaphor. Um, having also being a huge mage aficionado, like, <laughs> not just power gaming thing all the time. I think really what it is is creative usage of one's powers, uh, which is my biggest pet peeve, by the way, when it comes to superhero fiction. Is like, yeah. why aren't they using such and such power right now? Right, you like know? think outside the why box. Are, yeah, why are characters so bad at using their powers all the time? Um, but uh, you know, that, that said, I, I do think like, you know, there's, there's mage is all about paradigm, right? Yep. It's like, um, the idea is that humanity and mages, whatever kind of collectively have established a paradigm that everybody operates within. And that kind of governs reality and what people are capable of doing. And while I don't believe that happens in reality, in terms of the physical world, of what's capable that certainly happens within society and so i think mage is a great um sort of metaphor for um what happens in society where people you know collectively kind of think well this is what's possible right or this is what's allowed so people just do the things within what's allowed um and then that changes over time when somebody says well why can't i do this and then they do it and then either you know they get locked up or burned at the stake or whatever, or people are like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. We can do that. Why can't we do that? Let's do that. Um, and so, you know, when you look at, when you look at the U.S. government, like there's a constitution, it was like, okay, here's what you can do. This is what the government's for. And over 240 whatever years, you know, people have been like, well, how about this? And then sometimes they change the constitution. Sometimes they're just like, well, what they really meant right. was this other thing, right? Um, but so, you know, we are where we are now, and there's kind of a general idea of what's possible, what people can do, what people should do. Um, but, you know, there's obviously tension there. Well, no, we should do this. No, we should do that. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. But, but there are kind of some, you know, all of that exists given like a certain set of assumptions most yep. of the time. I think about what people are going to do, what people's intentions are. And when, you know, when you get a bunch of people who, I, I mean, I, I think the Republican Party in general are brilliant power gamers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Really. The whole thing with the Supreme Court was a complete, like, I'm going to abuse a loophole in the rules. That's right, exactly, exactly what it was. It was like, well... What if we just don't do that thing that it says we're supposed to do, but it, it doesn't say what the penalty is for not doing it, so we can just not do it and see what happens. Right. And the Democrats are just like, oh, I guess they didn't do it. You know, and it's like, okay. Um, but so you have one party, you know, pretty much slavishly following the rules and the procedure and being like, well, this is how it, what it says, so we're just going to follow that. Um, and assuming the other party is acting in good faith, which it's not, it's saying, okay, those are the rules binding you. So what we're going to do is we're going to see everything we can get a, get away with within, you know, there's like the rules on paper and then there's the kind of unwritten rules. Yep. And it's like when you have one party kind of abiding by certain unwritten rules and the other one's not, 
But they're like, well, it's not really violating the written rules. And the other part is like, oh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, good point. Cheerio. Um, I don't know why the Democrats suddenly bred it. But, um, <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then I want to make a, a quick point of clarification. Um, I, I'm not trying to draw a connection directly between yep. the entirety of the Republican Party and, you know, the specifically the neo-Nazi alt-right. Um, I, although I do think the neo-Nazi alt-right is certainly something that has, I don't know whether it's grown out of or grown into the mm-hmm. Republican Party, um, but what they've done is they've taken their um, just just vile, hateful um, philosophy, rhetoric, whatever, and they've inserted and kind of infected uh, the entirety of the Republican Party, um, which doesn't mean every person, but it means they've they've kind of taken over. I mean, there's yeah. there's, there's a neo Nazi. It, it's the chief strategist in the White House. Well, and, and, and it's th- absurd. I mean, these are crazy times. And, and I think that that's really. I think there's a couple of things you're saying there that are really important. One is that that distinction you're drawing really matters. Um, like I think certainly we're not talking about punching everybody wearing a Make America Great hat. Um, although no. I, I kind of want to. But although that's, I mean, you know, but, but, <laughs> if, but if I do, you know, I'm just. Yeah. Sure, but 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 I think it is important. What like the discussion we're talking about is wanting to punch the Nazi, but that but, right. I, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think the power gamer point is so essential because part of the issue is you know to, to continue this. I, I've gotten really into to role playing and LARPing again recently, so I think it's a great metaphor that I, I'm thinking about a lot because part of the idea is when people power game in small ways. Every time they do it, it makes it easier for someone to power game for that one person to come along and power game in a truly horrific way, and I think that's yeah. that's exactly yeah. what they're like. To me, I don't think all Republicans are Nazis, but I think the Republicans power gaming, like quite literally, makes the Nazis pop, makes what is happening with the Nazis today absolutely possible in that same kind of way. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I think the I think the the Republican Party opened the door. Yep, you know. And in in swoops, you know, those are swoops. Um, <laughs> what? And, and, and what, meanwhile, though, the, I hold the Democrats responsible as well for being like, oh, well, I guess that's happening. No, oh, yeah. Well, and and here's this, this gets what is to me. I think I, I have two main reasons why I think I I am pro Nazi punching. Mm-hmm. From why I think Nazi punching is an ethically acceptable thing to do in this day and age. And one of which is tying directly into this idea, and it, it ties into something I think it is essential to so much superhero stuff, which is – and I, I wrote an article recently on the, the, the blog that was entitled, you know, yeah, why we need to stop being Commissioner Gordon and start being Batman. Um, yeah. And I, I think the, the two stories that I think about this most is, is Batman and it's V for Vendetta. But I think this comes up in so many superhero stories. I mean certainly it's Cap in Civil War. It's the idea of like – if the world, if the government and the and the state and the police and all these things are functioning the way they are functioning, then vigilantism shouldn't happen. You know, like I, the way I they're supposed to function. You mean. Yeah, like I, I personally, yeah, not not necessarily the way they're actually functioning right now. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. I mean, that's the point. But I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I start yeah. from an ethical perspective of I don't want to live in a world where any person who believes that someone else is doing something truly bad gets to punch them. Like I don't, right, right. I think we're. I think that's a generally bad thing, especially because there are people who could probably take the ethical concepts that I'm going to lay out and exactly apply them to explain why I should get punched. Because what I think, you know, and like I think that's the people who blow up abortion clinics. They have often very rational, thought out perspectives why they think it's it's necessary, even though it starts right, from right. positions I find completely abhorrent. 
Um, but and so I want to be careful about that. But I think you know, to me, what what, what in every Batman story that I know of, and I, the Christopher Nolan ones are the ones I know best. But in all of them, th- there's a part in Bruce Wayne's early evolution where he turns to the justice system, hoping it's going to help him. Do, do what he thinks is needed against Joe Chill or against whoever killed his parents or whatever the thing he's looking at is. And, and it's when that breaks down and he realizes that it's not working that he he starts to think, yeah, I have to become Batman. You know, and I think yeah. that, to me, that's, and, and, and same with V for Vendetta, an essential, and we've talked about this in the in podcast before, an essential part of V's idea is like, look, he wants to live in a world where he would be locked up for good reason. You know, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. But, right, right, right. you know, the people who locked him away in, in, in that prison and did those terrible experiments to him, they should just be arrested and tried and go to prison. Yeah. But they're yeah. not. And, and, and that's, right, because they run the government. Right. You know, and that's the thing, is I think that that's the... Frankly, a couple of years ago, you know, not that the world was great by any means, but when Obama was president and there was at least a little more sanity in our government, right. I probably would have a different perspective on this. But in a day yeah. when, like, Steve Bannon is the... um. Chief of staff, and or not chief of staff, but senior advisor, and like chief strategist or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like when, you know, Donald Trump, one of the things he did was to take alt right. He, he like there were a number of white power groups on the the terrorism watch list. Yeah, he yeah. took them off the watch list. Like, I, I, yeah. Th- I th- yeah, there were a number of terrorist groups that happened to to be white, and so. They took them off the watch list, so it's like, right. yeah, you can go and do your terror, and you know, it's not. I mean, personally, I have my own feelings about terrorism and calling things terrorism. And, yeah, I mean, you I, know, I having. It, it, but, but once you're going to use that paradigm and create lists like that, those groups should absolutely be on that, those lists. Absolutely, like I, I, that, I agree with you. That whole system is problematic. But certainly, what he's doing is giving a big green light. You know, he's basically saying to right. the extreme absolutely. power gamers, "Go ahead." And to me, yeah. in that world, when I'm like. You know what? I can't count on someone to to legally no. do something yeah. against this guy. So yeah. maybe it is time for the you know. And, I, and it, mm-hmm. even just saying these words to me is weird because it's so against what I generally think. But I do like there is a there is a degree to which like yeah maybe it is just time for some vigilante acts. Yeah, I mean it's time to grab your cape and cowl and yeah. you know not <laughs> necessarily literally go out there and <laughs> physically do whatever. I mean now I'm picturing it, but. Uh, <laughs> I look great um, in a cape, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I took my yearbook photo in a cape. I mean, it's a cloak. I, but, actually, yeah, I, yeah. most of our listeners may not know this, but I'm partially disabled. I have a prosthetic leg, and I, I often use a cane, and so now I'm just envisioning hitting my hitting people with a cane from time to time. But um, no, I like it. Bad, like bad, it. bad, bad. Not going down yeah. that road. <laughs> no, but the point is, the point is, is like to 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 quote a Megadeth, you know, uh, album title. The system has failed. Yeah, and it's it's. It's a system that was failing, and I yeah. think if there are points when a system is failing, and you say, "Okay, what can we do to rectify the situation and save this system and make it function the way it's supposed to function and, and achieve what it's supposed to achieve?" And there's a point at which it's just like, "Well, we we can't just say, okay, well, that's what the system says to do." So, you know, I mean, there's, sometimes there's not a fail phase, yeah. you know, and sometimes you just have to scrap it and start over and you know I, that doesn't necessarily mean a uh, an actual entire revolution or but it means at least a metaphorical one yeah you know um and and it, it means that i think we've been shown that we can't follow 
all the rules that we necessarily like to follow, like in order to 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 get the world to be where where we want the world to be. Right. And it's sort of like sometimes you you need to get your hands dirty. Sometimes you need to get your hands bloody. Yeah. And and, and I think that that's it, to me that is the, the idea of because I think part part of what for me it's about is we're trying to get back to a world where it's not necessary anymore. You know, like yeah. I I yeah. don't want long term. And I I think I know this is one of the most contentious parts of the whole Christopher Nolan Batman stories, but. But I, I I like the idea that on some level Batman doesn't want to be needed. You know, he wants Harvey right. Dent to be able to be so good at fighting crime within the system that Gotham no longer yeah. needs Batman. You know, um, yeah. but that's he wants not... a functioning police department. Wouldn't right. that be amazing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> or how about just a lock on the door at Arkham? Like just that basic <laughs> thing. Like... That would be an improvement. Yeah, they should they should look into that. Yeah. Well, and so, so for me, there, there's two key points I think about why I'm okay with the Nazi punch. One is this idea of the like the system has, like you said, the Megadeth thing. The system is broken, and so we need a different system, even if it's not the official one. Dangerous as that is. But the other thing is, and, and you were talking about this before, the act of self-defense. Because I think mm-hmm. one of the things I think, um, and and we can go back and forth on the definition of the word violence itself, and that's a whole other issue. But like, sure. I, I think there is. There is this concept that, like, physically hitting someone is categorically different than anything you can ever do with words. Right. And, and there is an extent to which I believe that. But there's an also extent to which I sort of think, like, if one person is punching me and someone else is standing up and saying to a group of people who all listen to him, hey, all go punch Matthew, I feel just right. as a... I'll t- give you a hundred bucks a piece. Like, you know, or like, just, hey, or even just, hey, yeah. all your problems are Matthew's fault. Go punch him. Right. I yeah. feel like I have been, I am in just as much, if not more danger by that person standing up and saying that. And, yeah, and, particularly and, if they're a charismatic, persuasive person in a position of power. Sure. And, and, if, and so to me, if someone punches me, I get to punch them back. I think that is a, right. like a fairly well accepted idea. And yeah. to me, I think it, it isn't a logical stretch to say by that same definition... And in the same way, also, like, if someone's punching my friend, I get to punch them to help to defend my friend. So so if someone now stands up and says, I want you to punch someone else, for me, this is where it becomes okay to say, okay, I'm going to punch you then to get you to stop saying that. Because just by by saying that in a charismatic way, and when we know that you have people who are going to listen to you, that is an attack. And I think we get to defend ourselves against attacks. Yeah, I mean, you look at the most recent terrorist shooting that I'm aware of, um, in the one in, in Canada, right in Quebec, uh-huh. that that's you know a guy goes into a mosque and and kills six or more people. Um, it's got you know very little press relative to um, a lot of you know the other shootings, um, but that's you know that was an act of of white supremacist terror or yeah. Islamophobic terror. Or, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what the, um, motives were. And I, I generally, I, I, my personal feeling is kind of that the best response to terrorism is to like ignore it. Um, mm-hmm. not in a law enforcement capacity, but in a personal capacity. Right. Don't give um, it the press, don't give it the press attention, that kind of thing. Yeah. And also just like from a more like emotional standpoint, it's like, if I hear about any number of people being killed, I'm always going to feel sadness 
Right. And I'm always going to have have sympathy and empathy for their, um, I mean, sadness for the fact that they didn't get to do whatever else they could have done in life and empathy for, for their family members and, and uh, friends and, you know, who, who lost people they care about. But at the same time, like, the number of people who die every day is staggering. Yeah. You know, the number of murders every day. I think there's like a thousand murders a day in the world, in right. the world, um, roughly, right? So statistically, I think focusing so much on very particular acts is, um, is I just I just find it irrational and, and uh, unconstructive. Yeah. Well, and especially... And, and it leads to things like you know, where we are now. But, well, and, and I mean, that uh, is, that is exactly, we're getting off on a tangent here, but I just want to agree with this, that yeah, that is yeah. exactly the goal. It, it is called terrorism yeah, because yeah, yeah. the point yeah. isn't, nobody thinks they, you know, no one thinks they're going to kill all the people they don't like, but they think that by, right. they're going to instill terror. And it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing the people isn't the goal. Terrorizing the other people is. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, they killed some people. They're happy about that, I guess. Right. But, but, um, but anyway, so... But yeah, it's like the terrorists won. Right. Like when, when, when you know a Muslim ban gets passed and whatever, like that's like good game. You yeah, know? That, um, that's exactly what they wanted. But but anyway, so go like go back yeah. to your original point. What where were you going with that? Right. So so the, the main point though was that you know that that person or people like that person are influenced by. People like Donald Trump, they're influenced by people like Steve Bannon and, and Breitbart News and by by Richard Spencer or Milo whatever his name is. Um, like when and so the people who have encouraged people to hate other people and sometimes have, have encouraged violence directly. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, if somebody's protesting at my event, you should punch them. You know? Yeah. Those people are responsible. Those people are responsible to some extent for those acts. And so, if you know, if at the end of the day you want to say, oh, well, if someone listens to your podcast and they punch a Nazi in the face, like, you're partially responsible for that. Fine. Yeah. You know, that... I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll um, take some responsibility there. Um, and you're welcome, but, um, (laughs) but like it it is, it's, you know, there are, I mean, it's, it's like a a mob boss, right? Mm -hmm. Like the mob bosses, they almost never went to jail right? because they they didn't shoot people, right? They weren't the ones putting, you know, grenades in people's cars or whatever. They were just saying a few words to someone who might go and, and shoot someone else. You know, and that doesn't make them not responsible for, oh, well, they were just talking, you know. We were just having a philosophical conversation about what maybe would happen if this person weren't around anymore, you know. Like, no, they're they're responsible for that. And, um, you know, so it's it's not that the, the act of, of speech is um, or should be illegal, um, right. I mean, to me. Um, although, I, well, anyway. Um, it's that you, when you are specifically advocating violence and hate and um, all that, it's like you, you're you're a cause of what then happens. Yeah. You know. Um, no, I, 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 I think I think that's the key point. You know, I think that that's the 
the, the, when we're talking about, about the, the the Nazi punching, like, and, and here here's I think the other uh, an essential part of this is that like the the power and the influence that is being had is an essential part right. of this. You know, we're not talking about punch any random person who says random things. You know, if some if some person just stands up in the corner and says, you know, punch all the red haired people. I don't. I, I have red hair. I don't think that I have a right to punch that guy because I don't feel there is any actual reasonable belief that I have to think someone is going to listen to that guy and come over and punch me. Um, right, right. But you know, and, and frankly, like I would love to believe that our podcast has enough influence that we're going to inspire a wave of lots of punching. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I don't think likely that our hundred or so listeners. <laughs> but hey, people. Well, again. I keep asking people to show us ways that you are listening to this podcast for having an influence. Please don't go punching people as a way to do that, but like tweet yeah, it, tweet yeah. at us, show us you care. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but I think that's another essential part of this is, I mean, it's the Nazis are not a crazy ideology. They are a, uh-huh. you know, it is a group that has, like the last time this group was in power, murdered millions of people. Started yeah. a global war, like yeah. and and that yeah that, caused the deaths of like a like fifty some million people or something. That's a high number. I mean, Stalin Stalin yeah. got his licks into, um, but right, 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 but, right, right. He can he can get some some credit for the yeah. yeah. And, and and you know we um, firebombed some cities and nuked some cities. I mean, there, there was some badness to go all around, but yes, no, not yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah it's not like there definitely wouldn't have been war and murder if right. you know if all that hadn't happened, but. We can certainly pin the, uh, you know, the mass murder of at least 11 million people directly. Exactly. And yeah. and certainly I think there's a really important point to be made about, um, you know, that that that, that, that that power is a big part of what we're talking about here. That there is good yeah. reason to yeah. believe that when someone like Richard Spence, you know, especially yeah. because we are seeing acts of violence. We are seeing, you know, kids getting beaten up in schools and being bullied. We are seeing swastikas on the subway in fucking New York City. Yeah. And on synagogues and on on Jewish graveyards and things like that. I mean, so, so yeah, I think all of that is part of this idea of there is like legit, um, you know, there's that that phrase that gets used a lot about a clear and present danger. You know, I think Mm -hmm. if someone says, you know, a Nazi gets up and gives a speech, like, there's a clear and present danger that people are going to listen to that speech and and do acts of violence. And right. if you have to, if I would like the government to be able to say no, you're inciting violence. We're going to arrest you for giving that speech. But they're yeah. not doing that. And, so punch no, a guy. Yeah, exactly. They're, instead of doing that, they're saying, "Yeah, we're going to take you off the watch list, we're right?" Gonna, or the terror, you know, right? Whatever it is. Be, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let's let, let me get into some of the specific, that that kind of gets into a question I want to talk about, which is about what what the Nazis doing. But I want to start just by saying, who is a Nazi? What what are we defining as a Nazi when we talk about is it okay to punch a Nazi? Yeah, that, I mean, when uh, when you kind of posted this question on um, Facebook about the the punching Nazis, that was I, I thought that was an important you know sort of distinction where yeah. somebody responded with like just a dictionary definition and like, well, that, that wasn't really what it's getting right. at, but okay, thanks. Um, but, but it does, you know, there's uppercase, lowercase, you know, I mean, there's a Nazi soldier, you know, there's a Nazi officer in, you know, literally the third Reich or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, then there's, you, you can say, well, somebody who just holds beliefs that are sympathetic to, um, you know, Nazism, basically. Yeah. Um, and by Nazism, I mean, we're basically talking about white supremacist fascism, right? I mean, that's... Well, I mean, 
I think that that's actually... Well, that's another question, I guess. Yeah, right? I, mean, I, think, I, mean, I think this is an important point. Is that what we're talking about? You, you made a reference to the big N, little N, and that's something I've said before. Yeah. Like, I think, to me, there's a couple of ways we can use that term. One, like, the most, like, narrow definition can be, you know, there was the specific political entity known as the Nazi Party in Germany. And yeah. there is, there are officially labeled Nazi organizations in America today. Right. And so, which, like... Uh, the, I just... Oh, just very briefly, which are actually illegal in Germany. Right. And, which I think is... Uh, um, okay, I won't go on that tangent. Well, yeah, I... I yeah, I, I, I don't know if I want them to be illegal, but that, that's another story. Like, I think that, yeah... Like, right. Well... Let, let's, let's stay away from okay. that tangent. I think yeah, we're gonna, we'll uh, stay away from that. <laughs> that's um, a whole interesting topic, though, where it's like the, the only... Pretty much one of the only times that I think, well, I understand why this actual speech and expression is illegal in this specific country. Yep. Yeah. I don't, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think in Germany. Like maybe give it a hundred years. Right. And then be like, okay, now you're allowed to own my <laughs> cop. Yeah. But if we see you starting at it, we, we got our eyes on you. Yeah. You know? No, I think that in Germany, especially, I've got no problem with that. But, but okay. So like, if the most extreme is like the person who is a registered member of a Nazi organization yeah. in the United States, right? And then right. a little less, can be, and there are people. And then a little bit less extreme is someone who is today like directly espousing like that Hitler should have won the war, that the Nazis were right, right that we need other right. specific things. And then you can get broader and broader and broader to yeah. the people who are today practicing like fascism and white supremacy yeah. and anti-Semitism. Yeah. But are not necessarily specifically like Hitler was good or the Nazis themselves were good, but they have an ideology that is very similar. And right. we can get even more broad and say like the entire alt right, all of which has like a lot of Nazi like ideas. But I think, yeah. but I do think, and so I, I was saying, for you, where when you say it's okay to punch a Nazi, where on that continuum are we talking? Well, I mean, as far as like actual party affiliation, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think that's the salient point at all. Um, I, I think um, I think it comes down to actions versus beliefs. Yeah. You know, um, and th- to me, it's like I, I saw something where someone was saying, so you think it's OK to punch someone just for their belief, you know, in response to this whole Nazi punching me. It's like, no, I don't think it's OK to punch someone because of their beliefs. I think people can believe. Whatever they want. In fact, I think that the vast majority of the world believes absolutely absurd things. Mm-hmm. I don't go around telling people that all the time because I wouldn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> and also because I don't think believing absurd things necessarily makes someone a bad person. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily that consequential. It can be very consequential when believing such and such things leads someone to do something or to try to control the way other people act or what other people believe and and then that's where i'm like okay now now we need to talk about this yeah um and so you know when it when it comes to being whether someone's registered i mean if somebody's not even affiliated at all with even the alt-right right Mm -hmm. but they're going around espousing um the the same beliefs right but they're just not necessarily that much in contact with um, with like the general the organizations or whatever, um, but you know they're they're writing articles about or they're they're 
talking to their friends or, or whatever. You know, they have a small group of, you know, uh, you know, frat buddies or whatever who, you know, like to go around hitting Mexicans with baseball bats because they're, you know, um, racist, right? right? Or, or whatever. Like that to me, I, I'd rather punch that guy, yeah. right? Who's who's spouting those um, those ideas and having some direct. Uh, consequence, or or saying those things to people who are listening, yeah. Right? Than somebody who's a registered member of the Nazi Party and is and maybe even you know owns like all of Hitler's books and like has like a Nazi flag in their bedroom, but they wake up in the morning, they go out to work, and they never talk about it to anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I wouldn't necessarily know about them that they were this. Um, but let's say I did. Let's say I found out. Let's say oh. I like saw a Nazi flag in the back. Like well, I, I mean, I can, I can even give you a better example because this is one I was thinking yeah. about. And I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I think the action is more important. And I, like one of the things I was thinking about is let's say, you know, the, the people at Anonymous, so I, a lot, I think a lot of this sort of internet stuff they're doing, like hacking is, is awesome. But if they were tomorrow to like publish a list of the names and home addresses of people who were registered members of a Nazi organization, mm. like yeah. – and therefore, people wanted to start like online attack, like that actual action. I'm I'm not sure what I'm standing on, and the and the online attacks on them. I'm not sure where I stand on. But if someone yeah. were then like take that name and address list and just go to the houses of all those people and start punching them, that's what I'm like. Oh, no, <laughs> no, that's not okay. Like that's not right. That's not what we're talking about. Is not attacking people for their beliefs. We're talking about attacking people yeah. for their actions. Um, yeah, and that would be an example of, of uh, something that that would. Give me intellectual or emotional pleasure that I would I would be against. Yeah, exactly. Like I admit, like, it sounds kind of awesome, like, but I'd also I'd be like, like no. giggling, thinking like <laughs> punching a lot of Nazis, like checking a list and you know bad Santa or whatever. Like you've been naughty. But um, there's a great scene. But like, yeah, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that's yeah. constructive. Um, I, I mean, in a way, the the, the 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 frame I was thinking about it, and I'm I'm going to do horrible abuse to the the, the English language here for a minute. Um, but I, <laughs> just I, for a minute. Well, yeah, okay, I do it often, but I. I kind of think the issue is, like, are you not seeing as a verb instead of as a noun? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you can verb nouns all the time. Go for it. Yeah, like, I think, like, I I don't care if you are a Nazi. I care if you are Nazi. You know, like, like, I care if you are in the pro, and that's, like, Richard Spencer, when he was punched, he wasn't, like, going to buy milk for his kids. He was in the process of giving a speech espousing racial violence and espousing anti-Semitic violence. And that's... Punch that guy in the face. Yeah, like, and I'll, I'll even yeah. take an example. When like, he's doing that. I'll even Not ta- when he's, like, playing basketball with his kids or something. I'll even take an example where I say, like, this is where maybe, like, it's, you're right, it isn't just about Nazis. It's about, like, all the things we're talking about, you know. Yeah. The, the, the people who stand up and give, like, you know, all gays are going to go to hell and should be, like, you know, violence against them is a good thing. Like, there's right. an amazing amount of gay bashing violence that happens in our world today. Yeah punch that guy, you know, like the person who's yeah, standing sure, up yeah. and saying like, you know, abortion clinics are houses of murder and they should be destroyed and like all the lone wolf stuff, like in our lifetime, like, you know, I, I still remember being at the funeral of abortion doctors who were murdered, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Dr. Tiller, um, not that many years ago, like the, to me, that's the issue. And like, yeah, the, I'm not, I'm not by any means saying that the people who are, you know, in favor of bombing abortion clinics are Nazis. I don't think that's an accurate statement. But they absolutely are advocating violence against people to support their beliefs, you know? And I think that's yeah, yeah. 
to me, therefore, I think it, it is fair to say an act of self-defense. If, if the system isn't going to stop this, then someone has to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and, and, and that's, I think that's the... I mean, they would probably argue that they're trying to stop an act of violence and against the, you know, fetus or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but like, it, it, I, I do think it, it does really come down to, you know, the, the fact that there is violence being done already. Right. You know, and not, not ignoring that and not like pretending like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and not not pretending like the people that you're punching or that we're saying like, you know, yeah, we can get behind that, um, that that those aren't people responsible for that violence. And not just and it, it, it to me, it's not retributive, you know, retributive, retributive. Uh, <laughs> retributive um, yeah. yeah, it's not retribution. It's not vengeance. It's not like, oh, you said these words and then someone else went and did this thing. And so now I'm going to punch you in the face. Right. Like. That might be, like, what's literally the sequence of events, but it's also, if somebody said whatever horrible things, and then somebody went and did whatever horrible act, right, and then the person who originally said the horrible things was like, oh, shit, like, yes, I said all these things, but I really honestly didn't think it would lead to these actions, I feel horrible, I'm, you know... Going, I'm recanting what I said before, and sure. now I'm going to advocate for it. Like, cool, okay, now yeah. you're on our team. You know, and like, there, are, there like, are people doing that. There are people who are like, of course, giving yeah. power, like you know, former skinheads are like going to skinheads and being like, look, don't do it. Yeah. And they have yeah. they have more power to affect that. Yeah, I don't want to go punch that guy. Absolutely, like, yeah. No, those are the greatest allies. Oftentimes, you know, um, I mean, the people who I think we can't wait around for, like moderate Republicans or people who kind of like embrace soft nationalism or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck that is. Um, (laughs) I heard that used by somebody who I consider to be an extreme nationalist now, but um, like we can't wait for those people to, to get stuff done. You know, the same way, like when, when you and I and Logan were talking about like who should leave, lead lead a movement or whatever. Uh um, Like, like, the way, you know, I was like, well, you know, billionaires would be ideal to get such a thing. And he's like, but, you know, fuck billionaires. And yeah. I was like, you know, which is like, the, the, I think a big part of what he was trying to express there, though, was like, we can't wait around for, like, the people who are largely um, uh, in charge of, of our oppression or of whoever's oppression to, like, change their minds and, like, yeah. um, and then, like, fix everything. But what is true, I think, is that um, when people who were part of the problem, or even a major part of the problem, do change their minds and come around on things, I think they can be some of the the, the strongest advocates and um, absolutely and the stronger and strongest agents of change. Um, like Glenn Beck, for instance. Yeah, I mean, what he's doing is good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think he was very much a part of that extreme conservative movement um, that helped lead to where we are now. And I I mean, I don't know everything about his current positions, but I I do see, I mean, for what I've seen, there is remorse there for like, this isn't what I meant, you know, and like, and some understanding of like, um, 
you know, having kind of been a part of that and trying to then, like, that's a voice that the people who are still in that are more likely to listen to. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think that's essential. And I think, and, and, and to me, part of what I think that Glenn Beck is saying that I think is so powerful and that ties back into where we started from is, like, he's recognizing that he had influence that he didn't realize he had, you know? and that, right. like Because that part of it is that, like, I think that, and here's where we're sort of talking about like the power gamers versus the Nazis. Like I, I don't ever think it would have been okay to punch Glenn Beck. Like no matter how bad he was doing. Right, right. But I think some of like it is important for Glenn Beck to realize that he helped to create the environment of the people who we now yeah. want to punch. Because I think yeah, the extent yeah. to which part of what Glenn Beck would be, was saying was, I want you to hate these people. These people are terrible and they are destroying America. And by the way, don't hurt them physically. But still, I want you to hate them. And yeah. he didn't realize that you can't walk that line that finely, that some people are going to hear yeah. that and say, okay, let's go punch them then. You know, let's go yeah, hurt yeah. them. Um, yeah. So I think that... And he might have been doing it largely for ratings, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's... I don't bit... know, and I think a lot of people did and still do is the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. The extreme there. Um, I, I also want um, to... We're, we're getting a little lost here in the tangent because yeah, it's a great yeah, tangent, yeah. but I want to pull back with, you know, another reference that you and I... I Go, go to a... Actually, can I just I just wrap this up with yeah, that, sure. that bit? Um, which is that the point isn't retribution. It's not vengeance. It's you said something, someone did something, you're still saying that thing, people are going to do more things. Yes. You know? So it's, it's the, to me, the, the goal is to prevent or reduce the future things that people are doing because of the things that are still being said. Right. And, and here's where I think um, – I, I actually – and that, that's exactly the point I wanted to talk about because I, I'm going to tie this into my – probably my favorite of the – not superhero necessarily, but sci-fi and fantasy and all this kind of stuff, which is Star Wars, which is mm-hmm. so much of my ideas of what is and is not acceptable violence comes from Yoda, quite frankly, and like his oh, yeah, ideas yeah. of the Force. And I think – and this kind of goes to what we're saying at the very beginning of like, you know, punching a Nazi right now feels really good. And that's to me like the Star Wars idea is that that's the road to the dark side. Like once you start, right. because once you start down the road of like causing physical harm to people I don't like, or even people who I think are bad, you know, hating bad people makes you someone who is acting out of hate. And what Star Wars to me is all about is the idea of how destructive that idea is, especially because yeah. you realize like uh, to some extent that's the problem on the other side. You know, like I, I, I always want to sort of remember like. On some level, like the people who are the most hate-filled, it's because they think that the people they hate are hurting the people they love. And so on some level, like Nazis are acting out because they want to defend the people they love. And they think the people they love are in danger because of the people they hate. And that I'm not in any way, shape, or form justifying a single moment of it, but I'm saying – it's important to remember that not because it makes them okay, but it's it's how we remember that we don't become in any way, shape, or form like that, you know. And that, yeah. to me, yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna. It, it, this actually goes back to a, the podcast we did on vengeance in the movie Desperado a long time ago, which I'll post a link to because I think it's one of our best podcasts. And we talk about the same question. Like, I'm going to acknowledge punching a Nazi would feel good, and watching someone right. punch a Nazi, and, and watching Antonio Banderas in Desperado, you know bloodily shoot all of these terrible drug dealers in all these terrible ways it it's hilarious and it feels great but yeah. but that can't when at the end of the day that can't be the reason we're doing it you know no it can't i and i i yeah. th- i think more than anything like i especially i feel like right now I'm really scared about the fact that I, I feel constantly under attack and I feel constantly afraid of what our government's doing. 
And there's something really tempting about wanting to be able to fight back with violence. And I think that, that that's not necessarily a bad thing, but at the end of the day, that can't be what justifies the attack. The, adjust, the, the justification for it has to be that it's self-defense, that, it's, that it's, this needs to be stopped because there's a real harm that's being caused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also, I, I think there, you know, there, there's, there's always the, the consideration like, you know, what, what are you going to accomplish? Right. You know, um, and when when acting solely out of emotion, um, with with a lack of um, uh, reason, with a complete lack of reason, I, I think you're not that likely to achieve um, what what you'd like. Yeah. You know, no, it's um, true. And there there was some some quote somewhere about you know. Uh, about rage and how, like, you know, you don't use rage to, um, you know, overthrow the system or oppression or whatever. Use polite discourse and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times some of the things you need to do can be fueled by rage, but yeah. um, it can't be blinding rage. You know, that's, like, really the key is, like, is like yeah, you know, feel the anger, but then mm-hmm. actually let your brain tell you what to do, you know. And, um, and I also want to be clear here that I am, I'm talking about why I, I, I'm trying to figure out what I think is acceptable for myself and for people who I can kind of relate to. I think right. as a philosophical concept, I do hold to the idea that there is real danger in, like you said, in sort of losing yourself to rage. But yeah. I also, for me, the, the flip side of that is I am incredibly careful I'm incredibly nervous about the idea of starting to judge people who are angry because they're experiencing things that I've never experienced, you know? And sure, I, like, sure. like yeah. this is like, um, you know, uh, th- this came up especially a lot in Ferguson, um, uh, that town in St. Lu- uh, outside of St. Louis where there was, um, rioting and, and violence after, um, um, after the, the, the person, who, the cop who'd killed a young black man was set free. Yeah. Um, and, and I, even just saying those words, I mean, there, there was far more nonviolent protest yeah. than there was any, like the rioting and violence was a very small part, but there was some looting and things like that. Yeah. And, I would like to reclassify the rioting as violent protest. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, that, that's a far better word. And I, I think that, and, like I said, I was uncomfortable. But, but, but let me just get to the point, which is yeah. that I think, like, do I think that that is the, like, as a, as a political strategist, if someone asked me, like, do you think that's the best strategy? On some level, probably not. But I also think right. my my opinion on if that's the right strategy is pretty close to meaningless because I'm not a person who's dealing with the fear of police that they are in that same way. And, and even more so, like, I don't know – I don't know how much of that rage has built up. I don't feel that rage. Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel like yeah. it is my place to say I, – I, so I just want to be very clear. I don't – like, I think that there's an importance of recognizing the danger of of letting – things just become too emotional and just acting out of rage. But I also don't think it's my place to judge someone else as they find that line for themselves. Especially right, right. if they're feeling rage about a situation that I don't experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I, 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 I also think it's, it's important to, like, say when, you know, I think there's a difference between saying, well, that's not effective and saying, like, you definitely shouldn't do that. Right. You know, like, watching sports isn't effective. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it doesn't... Um, but, I mean, 
but like that doesn't mean people shouldn't do it. Although there's, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm boycotting all the pro sports groups right now, but, um, <laughs> but the, the, you know, the, the thing is that it's like, I, I, I do think that there's, it's possible to have both conversations, but it's very difficult and it's yeah. very difficult to get people to listen to both things at once. Like, I, I do think that a lot of the violent protests, you know, in um, whether it's in Ferguson or Baltimore or Berkeley um, over the past few years, uh, I think on some level they don't accomplish very much in terms of um, changing things in uh, to be, you know, making things more favorable to the people who are, are doing the protests. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a separate issue from like whether or not it's okay. Like, yeah, if you live in a place where cops are going around shooting you and getting away with it and also just telling you, oh, you shouldn't be in this neighborhood, you have to stay there, and your entire world is economically oppressive, and, you know, maybe you don't have clean drinking water or, you know, like, I don't care if you go flip over some cop cars or, I mean, when, when you start physically harming other people or killing people, then yeah, I have a problem with it. But when it's just property destruction, like I I don't give a shit about that. You know, (laughs) like I don't think it necessarily accomplishes an end, um, like politically or whatever, but I certainly am, I'm not going to, I mean, I don't really care about property. Yeah. Well, um, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I would actually disagree. I do think that they're, they're, they're yeah. in the same way that you talked about, like punching the Nazi does accomplish something. Yeah. It shows, it makes them bleed, you know? I, and right, there is right. an extent to which I think like sometimes the violent protest does exactly that same thing. Um, even if nothing else that I, um, there was that, that class I talked about, one of the things that we really delved into is the idea of like, to some extent, like, and I, again, I want to be, I, I'm a white guy talking about the history of the civil rights movement. Like my, my, th- this is a very cursory general level knowledge that I'm sharing, but, but my understanding, and I've seen a lot of great research on this is that there's an extent to which, you know, part of what makes Martin Luther King effective is the fact that Malcolm X was scaring the shit out of people, you know, yeah, and, like, yeah. and that there's an extent yeah. to which like knowing that the violence is possible makes people start to think, like, maybe we need to actually find a nonviolent way to settle, you know, to, to, to listen to yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I... Sure. Well, and, and again, I think that that's a whole... Uh, well, Go ahead. I, I don't want to get just, us too far into that tangent, but I want to say... Yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree with you on that. that. I'm not necessarily saying that I don't think it can be effective. Right. I'm just saying that in those particular situations, I'm not convinced that it was, or that in any given situation, it might not be effective. But that doesn't mean I'm going to condemn people for it. Right. That, um, you're, you're, but yeah. that I certainly, I 100% agree that it can be effective. Got okay. Yeah, no and doubt. It, yeah, they're yeah, on the same page. Because sure. certainly, I think that yeah. what I hear you saying more than anything is that, like, whether or not you and I think any particular event is effective, it's not a like whether it's effective isn't that can be a legitimate question to ask. But that it, it that doesn't that's not the reason to judge it. Like on some level, like if the part you know. That, that whether it's right or wrong or whether it's effective or not oh, yeah. are not the same question. Yeah, I'm saying you can judge the effectiveness of something and you can judge, like, the, is this okay or whatever. I, I consider those two often related but separate yeah. questions. To be sure. Well, and I, and I also think that it gets to, and this is an issue I think that comes up a lot and that really has to be talked about is, 
uh, immediate versus long-term strategies yeah. and and the concept yeah. of harm reduction like harm reduction mm-hmm. and we can do a whole long discussion of that but like it, it's sort of a philosophy that talks about the idea of like if you're in a bad situation you know yes it's good to try and change the situation itself at its root but that there is an element of like doing small things in the moment that you might think of as bad in the long term but that reduce harm in the immediate sense like that there's real value to that and and here like i think this is where we're talking about like I want us to move towards a world where Richard Spencer isn't giving speeches. And I don't know if punching Richard Spencer in that moment moves us towards yeah. that world. I think it does. Right, right. But I agree with you that there's a debate. But even yeah, if it, it might not, but yeah. But I but think it the, might. But right. I think the point is that if in this moment Richard Spencer yeah. in this moment is going to put one life in danger of someone hearing in this moment and going out and doing violence, then punching him in this moment has a lot of value whether or not it helps that longer-term strategy. Right, right, right. Sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there definitely it's... it's there, there's, there's always a, a question of short-term versus long-term, immediate versus more hypothetical. Um, and, and by no means can we expect everybody who objects to a particular thing or the status quo to want to... Um, protest against it or take whatever actions, you know, always just thinking of like, well, let's just think 20 years down the line. Right. Like, yeah, I know, I know, you know, your friends are killed, kids might get killed or whatever because of such and such, but let's think about what we want 50 years down the line or even five years, you know. Um, I do think there's merit to thinking what do we want four years down the line, Um, but, you know, but we don't necessarily have that luxury and some people have less and less of that luxury of thinking that far down the line yeah i I think that's one of the especially key dangers is when a person who isn't really in danger in the moment is telling someone who is in danger in the moment that they have to think long term that's i have some real problems there yeah yeah exactly Uh, absolutely i totally agree so I would say that literally everyone on the planet is in danger in the like medium term. Absolutely. Um, and that's a kind of a totally separate but really related issue. Mm-hmm. No, to be sure. You know, is it, which we'll address in our next episode, is it okay to punch a fossil fuel uh, CEO <laughs> in the face? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, how you want to tell me, you know, punch a gun company CEO, I... I mm. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Although, although uh, actually, we'll be compiling a list of who it's okay to punch. Although, <laughs> and where you can punch them. Although, as I say oh, that, I fine. realize just from an act of personal, like self-protection. Yeah, yeah. Don't, may, don't punch may, gun people. Maybe punching gun. <laughs> maybe punching gun people is the wrong way to go. Good, yeah, good safety yeah. tip. Not, not well. And, and yeah, yeah. Pro tip. And I and I will admit, I I on the on the one flip side of that. That is a real concern that I have is I, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if we start punching, if people start punching Nazis, does that mean that the entire alt-right and to some extent the entire right says, you know what, we all need to carry weapons because we're all, yeah. you know, and so that's yeah. it's a whole that's other issue. That's a very, thing. very legitimate concern. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's another thing. And I, and I don't have an answer to that. And I don't think that that's, yeah. again, I don't, I don't think that makes it wrong, but I think that's something else we got to be looking at is how, yeah. how this plays out. Yeah, and I mean, to, to really kind of take it to the apocalyptic level, like, looking at the United States right now, like, I 
I feel like the United States is currently in the midst of, a, as of yet, mostly nonviolent civil war. Um, that like hasn't quite yeah. really reached fruition yet, but it's it's like that. I think that's what's happening. Um, and if that were to become violent, like even if you just remove the concern of the, the military and the fact that it's completely controlled um, by the, the right wing, sort of, I mean, at least officially. Right. Um, like, I don't think the left can win a war against the right in, you know, in terms of interpersonal violence um, confrontation. Like, that's not a good matchup. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly, or, it, you know. if we get into a world where ultra-liberals are willing to punch ultra, you know, conservatives, and ultra conservatives are going to punch ultra ultra liberals. We lose because there's a lot more of them willing to punch us than us willing to punch them. Um, yeah, and also just like if you look at gun ownership. Yeah. You know, I mean, at some point people stop throwing punches and they start shooting each other. Right, and that's I think a, something know? to be. It's something to be, and 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 more than anything though, to me, what that I, what that gets to is how desperately we need Commissioner Gordon to be stronger again, you know, because, like, that's the whole yeah. problem is, like, and, and this is why well, I get... Well, there's a few judges. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one judge, a former attorney general <laughs> who did some great things. Um, yeah, but there's yeah, two judges, right? Wasn't there in New York and there's Seattle and there's... Yep. But, but I think that that's, it, it's the other key point of all this, is that we're talking about desperate measures in a time of a broken system, but yeah. that this can't be the long... Like, I don't want to say... You know, we're writing into the Constitution that every American has the constitutional right to punch a Nazi like that because right. you're right. Because I, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah, I, I do think that we are in, uh, you know, 25 years ago, the Republicans declared a culture war and they're fighting yeah. that war. And I think we're just starting to realize that that they meant that and we're fighting back. Yeah. and that There's some goodness there. But but we don't win this war by punching more than they do. We win by by getting us back to a system where. People like Richard Spencer are being arrested and put, and or at least you know, charged with inciting violence, not punched. Yeah, um, yeah and and we're like, it's the, it's like, I don't know, because I, as as much as like the Republican Party started a culture war, I I know a fair number of Republicans. You know, for someone who grew up in New York mm-hmm. and like has mostly had, you know, very liberal friends. Um, and I think really a minority of those Republicans, and yes, this may be because my sample size is skewed by being from the East Coast, yada, yada, yada. But like, I think a minority are really socially conservative. Right. You know, um, I think most are the kind of fiscally conservative, socially liberal, like creature that people like dispute whether or not really exists, um, which I think does, but is, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty to be said there um, on that topic, which we, we don't have to put on that rabbit hole. But the, the point being that I think if you look at the, if you even just look at the 62, 3, whatever million people who voted for Donald Trump, I think it's a minority of them who are on board with the, like a really small minority who are on board with the, the worst of um all of that. Yeah. You know, and and so I think really the, the key to winning is it's not necessarily to try and convince those people to vote differently. Um, but it's like, one, I mean, there's a 
huge number of people who, who don't vote or who who aren't very politically engaged, who, who are right now, a lot of whom are, are much more politically engaged than in the past. Um, but also to kind of, like, I don't know, I mean, we've been talking a long time about how the Republican Party was possibly going to die out or split in two or this or that or whatever, and it it got hijacked, right. you know? Um, and I have to say, I did not see this coming. You know, I thought the Republican Party was going to become the Libertarian Party. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that there would be a socially conservative party, and then there would be a fiscally conservative but socially liberal party. That and the trouble is that the the way you know the U.S. Constitution is set up, you know, a multi party system doesn't really function very well. But it's I don't know. I feel like there are so many libertarians who really you know they don't want to sign on to the entire left wing package. Right. Well, they don't. Yeah. We're, we're kind of getting pretty deep. I, I, I absolutely hear where you're yeah. going, but I also we're kind of getting really deep onto a tangent here about like general politics. Yeah. Um, but but I I definitely hear the overall thought is that on, on some level like the the political situation is a lot more complicated than just you know the good guys and the Nazis. But it's not. Yeah. Um, but and anything we're talking about is happening in that larger picture. Um, yeah. Sorry. Well, I, I, I guess what the, I, I did have a point that I was getting away from. <laughs> okay, and thank you for pointing me back to that, that long distance, whatever. <laughs> but the point was that I think the vast majority of people don't really want. Like, there are a lot of people who are like, well, yeah, okay, America first. Why not? You know, right. like, yeah, like, you know, let's not have a bunch of immigrants. Let's not have a bunch of terrorism. But they're like, oh, oh, oh don't burn mosques and synagogues, you know? Yeah. Like, don't put swastikas places. What are you doing? And so, I, I mean, I think there's an extent to which, like, those people really need to, like, um, step up and be like, yeah, yeah, this isn't what we're doing. This isn't how we're going to do this, you know, thing of making things the way we want them to be. And I, I do think that, you know, kind of making Nazis front page news, like, yes. even forget about the, like, the actual punching itself, but, like, yeah, like, it's like outing them. Well, and, you know? and I think I think yeah that that that's where I thought you were going. I think that is such an and I think this is a great point to kind of close on because we have gone for a while. But it, to me, like I think one of the most dangerous things that's happening is you're right. There is a moderate Republican who it's not that I think they endorse the alt right. It's that I think they're kind of allowing themselves to close their eyes to the alt right and to say exactly. you know what it's not Absolutely. so bad. And punching yeah. Richard Spencer and talking about it puts it front and center. And it also sort yeah. of says to someone, look. Your because to me the worst power gamer isn't the person who goes absolutely crazy and creates a you know ghouled werecat mage. Um, not that I know <laughs> that that's the character yeah, Paul created. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, oh, the Redman, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, the point being, like, that the problem isn't the crazy, crazy power gamer who is literally breaking the game. The problem right. is the moderate power gamer who refuses to acknowledge that what they are doing is making the other one possible. And that, right, right. and that just how bad the game is getting. And I think to some extent, yeah. like, there are a lot of people who are thinking to themselves, look, Trump won. Isn't everything is going the way it should be? Why are you guys so upset? And to some extent, yeah. liberals saying, you know what, we are so – we, the liberals, the nonviolent ones, the like, yeah. let everyone have their speeches one, are burning buildings in Berkeley and are punching people and are overturning cars. That There is shock value of letting people realize just how bad things are. 
you know, and I, I don't mean yeah. to keep going back to it, but like this is, you know, the histories I've read of Malcolm X. One of the things that 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 has been really documented is a lot of white people who thought of themselves as like, you know, fairly well, fairly well intentioned, non racist white people were really shocked to realize that things were so like that people like Malcolm X and and his and his uh, the people who followed him believed that things were so bad. And yeah. and that 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 has value, and that that and and I think he was right about how bad they were. But that that there's a wake up value to that. And if punching Richard Spencer, if punching Nazis does that to some extent, then to me that's another positive. Yeah, and I, I, I just to to bring it back to a, a personal note, um, you're like maybe my most nonviolent friend, like yeah. closest to like a true pacifist that I think. I mean, maybe I have other friends who are more that way or as much that way who, who don't talk about it yeah but like having had the conversations we've had you know and about violence and, and even about self-defense i mean i know we've had conversations about self-defense where you know um you've talked about the merits of not actually physically defending oneself yeah um, no I... and i'm not saying that you're advocating that or anything but no, I mean, it's part of why, like, just to give a little context, is part of why I refuse yeah. to, I, I would never, even if I lived in a very dangerous neighborhood, I wouldn't own a gun, because to me, right. I, I don't want to take another life, in, in, I would rather lose my life to some extent than take another life in self-defense, not because I think self-defense is in any way not okay, but because I am that, that personally against violence, um, for yeah, the most part, so which me, I think is where you're going, but go ahead. Yeah, for, for, for you to be saying yes, this act of violence, I think, is a, is a good idea. I yeah. think it accomplishes something. It's worthwhile, and it's it's okay. You know, to me, that's this huge statement about where we are, mm-hmm. where we've come to. You know, um, and you know, I, I mean, I I'm definitely on the other end of the spectrum of like, you know, in terms of self defense. I mean, if somebody's like robbing me i'll be like yeah here have my money you know like right. even if it puts me in a terrible financial situation like i'm not you know I, I, like it's not a you know but like if somebody's actually physically threatening me or someone else like I, i'm not going to hesitate to 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 take whatever action and and i i feel very strongly about that but i so so like for me to get around to the point of being like yeah punch a nazi you know mm-hmm. like I don't think um, take that doesn't take uh, such a journey yeah. in terms of like <laughs> where society is, you know, like like that to me, just like for me, that's kind of like a default. Like, yeah, you know. Um, no, but, and I, I, I think I, I think it's a really good point. I admit, I I I appreciate you acknowledging that because it for me, this has been really a real personal journey because. When I first heard of it, I had the knee-jerk reaction of, "Of course, that's wrong," because I am a nonviolent. Right. You know, I'm, I'm I am very much a Christian, and I think uh, the, the, we can all sorts of stuff about Christian ideology about violence. And that's a whole, you know, whole right. other topic. But like for the most part, I am very much like you turn the other cheek, you use nonviolent methods, and it yeah. amazed me to realize like that I felt okay with this, and that was part of why I wanted to do this podcast was I kind of wanted to really interrogate my own feelings and thoughts and hear your thoughts about this because. I, I am okay with it, but I think it has to really be discussed why, because it, it, it feels like it's, it's flirting with something so dangerous, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of had the exact opposite, like, curve of, like, starting off like, yeah, punch a Nazi, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, you know, at, 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 
it, I had a little bit of the like, well, what does it accomplish? Like, not like it's not okay, but just like, I do really have deep concerns that like someone's gonna punch a Nazi again and then they're gonna get shot by a, a gun toting Nazi, you know? Yeah. Um, or even a gun toting, not really Nazi, but like someone who's kind of like, a soft Nazi. So, someone who's listening uh, which at the I rally. Steve Van described as, and I'm like, no, no, that, that's a Nazi. That's yeah. not my, you know. Um, Absolutely. Um, but, so, uh, we, we've, yeah. we've been for a while, and I want to just kind of keep this podcast not going too crazy, um, but it's a topic we can go into so much depth on. Is there any um, other last things on this topic you want to really touch on? No, I think that pretty much... Uh, those are the, yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> well, because I do want to ask in closing, like I, I brought up, and I think you're in the same same boat, like one of the key ideas for us, uh, um, uh, like I said, my, my when I think of vi- legitimate vigilantes, I think of Batman, um, you know, and, and, and the, the Batman part yeah. is, is to be part of this. He uses violence. Um, and we have a Batman coming up soon. Um, how are you feeling about Lego Batman? I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm, I've been resisting getting the Lego Batcave. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fine. Lego is the best toy yeah. ever invented, by the way. It really um, is. They, they are not yeah. sponsors and, and of this I, podcast, just to be clear. We just love them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Danes also invented the best way of uh, protesting against Nazis, I think, uh, um, where they all wore the, the star or whatever. Oh, yeah, the Turks. Including the king. Right, like, right? The, if you want to um, round up Jews, we're all Jews. Yeah, that was... Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you combine the best toy and the best <laughs> superhero slash, you know, unpowered vigilante. Yeah, it, it, it's... Um, and then you add Will Arnett, who's just one of the funniest human beings. <laughs> Um, and I really don't see how you can go wrong. So <laughs> it's funny because I remember when you, and, and yeah, we're now completely off our main topic. I just want to spend five minutes because I know I'm super excited for it. Um, but but I, 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 I brought in the Nazis. Yeah, no, you, you did. Know? You connected. You connected. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's it, because yeah. to me, okay. like I, you know, yes, we we said something good about Zack Snyder, and he <laughs> Which did... I hope I never have occasion to say again <laughs> in my life. But I brought in the Nazis. Like. <laughs> you know, and I and I did. You know, we we talk, Zack Snyder has made some good movies. Three Hundred is one of them. But I, I I am on record. I think you are on record, if less virulently than I am, uh, about how much we disliked Batman vs Superman. But that one part yeah. of it was that we we both thought like that that you know whatever we think of Affleck as an actor, like. It, my Batman does not get outsmarted by Lex Luthor. Like that's just not no, that's not no. who Batman is. Yeah. Um and and frankly, like I kind of feel like the Lego Batman, as ridiculous and parody as it's gonna be, might be a better Batman. So I'm just I'm super excited for that. I think that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean it's like the fact that it's in Lego instead of live <laughs> action like gives them license to really do what I think Schumacher wanted to do with yeah, Batman. This is true. But then like squared, you know, just like take it. How do you make Lego like, nip- how do you make Lego nipples? I'm not sure that's possible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, will there be will there be a, a, a bat Lego with nipples and a bat Lego without nipples and I don't know. I haven't looked closely. Yeah. Well anyway, I, I don't know if we're gonna get a podcast out of it, but that'll be a, that'll be something fun to look forward to. So Indeed. Uh thank you everyone for listening. Um Paul, is there anything you want folks to check out that you're doing these days? Uh, no, but if you find a small bl- uh, brown dog in uh, Las Vegas, <laughs> get in touch with me. I mean, I've, I, got, I've got to go find a dog. I'm now worried that hundreds of people are going to find hundreds of small brown dogs and let you know. But hey, it means so they're texting. Tech- that John Oliver is this your cat? <laughs> yes. <thing? laughs> 
Anyway, for, for everyone who listened... Please tweet dicks like that at me, and yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll make my day. For everyone who listened, um, I really hope you enjoyed this, and I really hope you got something out of at it. At Zen Madman. I, I do, yeah. yeah. Uh, tweeted him at, at Zen Madman. You can tweet at me, at, tweet at both of us, at Superhero Ethics. You can uh, go to Facebook, uh, Superhero Ethics. Um, please like us on, on Facebook. Please follow us on Twitter. But also, please, mostly just talk to us about these things. Um, uh, as I said, I, I want I want this to be a way for folks to really think about the ethics of punching Nazis. Please don't go out and start punching every Trump voter you can find. Like, this is not about trying to yeah. incite and encourage the violence. No. This is about no. saying, like, I want us to be thinking about these things and thinking about why they're okay and why they're not okay. Um, and Paul and I don't have the definitive answers on this. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, I know I have friends who are you know, just as liberal and just as anti-Nazi as I am and think punching is still wrong. I want to hear from you. I, I'm sure I've got people who think that they should punch a lot more than, than Paul and I are talking about. I'd love to hear from you too. We'd love to hear from you too. So comment on the blog, comment on um, Facebook, uh, tweet at us. We'd love to be part of that conversation. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye-bye.